0: My Seven Chakras, episode 186. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. Kumar.
1: What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My Seven Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find your life's purpose. Before we dive into the magic, let's listen to our latest iTunes review by a user named 8Glass who writes, I have learned so much from this podcast. I really enjoy the upbeat message that the host Aditya delivers every week along with his guests that he gets on the show. The show is really high quality and well organized with a large archive of past episodes, I always have something to listen to that can open my mind or shift my attitude. The host is truly a joy to listen to. Not only does he encourage everybody to live to their full potential, Aditya has taken action by setting up a Facebook support group to help people reach their goals. Aditya, you are completely inspirational Thank you. Wow. I really appreciate when action takers take their time to write such detailed, wonderful reviews like this one. Really makes my day, especially since it's Christmas today. Thanks, 8Glass. Action Tribe, if you want your review to be read out as well, make sure you share your views, your thoughts, and your experiences in the form of an iTunes review. If you've never written a review before, it's super simple. If you're on your podcast app on your iPhone, just hit reviews and then hit write a review. You can also use this link to jump directly onto the iTunes review page. The link that you need is my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. And like I always say, just one review from you is a giant leap for our show. And with that, I am super excited to bring you our featured guest for today. Michael Anderson. So Michael, are you ready to inspire? AJ, I'm so ready to inspire. That is awesome. So Michael Anderson teaches leaders how to lead from a soul-centered perspective. His business success includes starting, growing, and selling three companies, wanting more out of life. He then went on to earn his master's degree in spiritual psychology Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. I've given our listeners a short intro about you, but could you take a few more seconds to tell us a bit more about your wonderful story?
0: Yeah, thanks, AJ, and thanks for having me on. Um, you know, for me, I found myself, I'm a pretty driven guy, and I found myself actually materially successful. You know, I think, like you mentioned, I've had business success. I founded three international software companies, played semi-pro basketball. AJ, I used to party at the Playboy Mansion <laughs> So I had a lot of outward material success, um, but I didn't have any internal joint fulfillment and I was, you know, I really, and then like you mentioned, um, I went and I earned a really unique master's in spiritual psychology, which was really life changing for me. Um, so life changing that I sold my software companies and I really wanted to give back and, Help similar people like me, um, so that's why I became a. Um, you know, I'm an author. I do speaking. I do workshops and do training, and I, I teach people how to uh, how to have fulfilling lives, both materially successful and internally
1: in- internally successful. You might say. Wonderful! Thanks a lot for sharing that with us. I can't wait to dive. Into your story, uh, but before that, let's begin with some inspirational magic. What is your favorite inspirational quote, and how does that quote apply in your life? So, um, Marianne Williamson it
0: says, and this is a, a, a portion of the quote because the quote quite, quotes quite long, but it says, "Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you." We are all meant to shine as children do. So to me, that really talks about sort of our core essence. And, and what I teach, I teach soul center leadership. So I teach really connecting to our higher power because I believe, AJ, that we are all creators from a, from a divine. We're here on earth to create as well as evolve spiritually. And, um, and oftentimes when we create, things come up that we have to work on, what you might call soul lessons. Uh, which you know you and some of your listeners are probably aware of and I really to me one of the what I really you know one of the ways you can look at all my work and what I help people do is I help them get rid of all the crap that's in the way of helping them create you know because so many people have ideas for a book or a blog or a company or or you know helping people or being of service and they have all these ideas, but then they get crippled by fear. They don't want to, they, you know, get analysis paralysis and then they don't even take the first step. And AJ, that's why I think your podcast is so inspirational because you're giving people everything I know about you and Seven Chakras and your, your group and everything else is giving, giving people that first step. So that's why I'm really excited to be here and see if I can help one more person take one more first step.
1: Wonderful. I really love the quote that you shared. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. Action Tribe, we are all meant to shine as children do. And as Michael says, we are all born to create. So thanks a lot for sharing that with us. And with that, let's dive in. Uh, now you've you sort of spoken a bit about soul-centered leadership, but my question is, what inspired you to write your new book, Soul-Centered Leadership?
0: Well, you know, before I was, before, like I mentioned, I was so ego-driven, and mm. um, and I was just I wanted to, you know, make money and be powerful, and you know, date pretty girls and drive nice cars. Um, and there's not anything specifically wrong with that, but I was doing it from such an ego-based negative. I want to show the world that I'm important type place. Um it was just a really it was a really difficult place to live to live from. And and I never had any real spirituality or emotional intelligence in my life. Um but you know I was like, look, what's going on? Because I'm achieving all the goals that I sent out to achieve. And I wasn't and I kept waiting to be happy. I'm like, all right, when I make this amount of money I'm gonna be happy. When I you know date this type of girl I'm gonna be happy. When I, you know, my company gets this big I'm gonna be happy. But actually, it was, it was weird because I was, like, getting further away from the happiness and the contentment and the fulfillment. I was getting less happy. Um, and, you know, my my longer story has alcohol and hard drugs and a lot of other uh, downs and the ups and downs of life. And I'm like, what's up with this? There's got to be a better way to go through life. And, and so, and that's when I found, you know, the program. And then, you know, what, when I say spiritual psychology, it's really nothing to do with religion. We, we use psychoanalysis techniques. So we learned six psychoanalysis techniques, Gestalt, NLP, psychosynthesis, rational motive, um, Rogerian. Um, and, but we take the assumption that we're all at our core good. We, we you know, if, we, if you choose to believe we have a soul, that our soul is, is love. And that's a connection to a higher power. We don't really get in in the program I took. We don't really get into what the higher power is, et cetera, et cetera. But we do take the assumption that we're all good, loving beings. And we use psychoanalysis techniques to clear out the psychological unresolved issues. Because when we do that, then we're more in line with our natural loving essence. Um, And so I went through and... and And AJ, the word transformation and transformational is so, I think, overused. Mm -hmm. But my life, dude, totally went through a transformation. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it was uh, literally literally like night and day. Not literally, but like, you know, you could describe it as night and day because I was just so ego based and. You know I really learned you know self a lot I worked a lot on self forgiveness self compassion I came in such a better place with myself and and i you know what I say is i I, I learned and I teach about it it's about a third emotional intelligence a third- uh, psychology and a third spirituality from a very general standpoint but i, I implemented that some into my companies and then my my because it's like when I learned these things my personal life took off but then so mm-hmm. did my business life um you know, I acquired started acquiring companies. My my companies grew. I was on the Inc. 500, 5,000 fastest growing companies. What was also really cool is then I got to be. Uh, I actually started climbing the ladders of best places to work in San Diego. And by implementing what I implemented, we actually won best place to work in San Diego, which which is a pretty big achievement. But I think it just goes AJ to show sort of the 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 uh, that this stuff isn't just um, that this the, these things. the the things that you talk about, the things I teach are useful in so many different areas of people's lives.
1: Beautiful. So what caught my attention is that you said night and day and truly from what you shared with us, it is sort of like night and day because you said that you were initially ego-driven, you wanted to feel powerful, you wanted to show the world that you were important and happiness to you, it seems, was an event in the past related to a particular materialistic achievement, right? And then you went through that transformation you initially had like you mentioned no spirituality or emotional intelligence but you've experienced a transformation but my question is targeted towards maybe your peers or people around you how do you go about explaining the meaning of soul-centered leadership to people who don't believe in spirituality or the soul well
0: you know to be honest it's a great question to be honest i realize because I, I you know as a as sort of a author, speaker, thought leader, expert, whatever you want to call whatever we're called yeah. nowadays, <laughs> you know, I sort of you know, when I came out I did some stuff on happiness, which was really popular, but I was sitting with my speaker friend. We were just having actually, you know, a dinner at the National Speakers Association conference, funny enough, uh Tammy Evans, great, great lady, and and you know, we're talking and I started to talk about You know, we're talking about our content. I'll talk about spirituality. She's like, you know, you really light up when you talk about that much more than, you know, happiness is nice, but, you know, it's, it's, happiness has, you know, been done before and and Mm -hmm. it's important. But the the spirituality thing, and it was really, she said, and you put it into such a powerful context. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I'm not sure everybody's going to be keen on it. You know, I don't want to, you know, some people, it may, like you said, AJ, it, it's, everybody doesn't believe we have a soul, and she goes, yeah. "Yeah, but that's okay because the people that do believe that need somebody to bring that in." And I realize that you know my material isn't for everybody, um, or it's sort of a timing thing; it may not be for people right now. And I think that's part of my spiritual lesson: is to trust. And to bring this up, and, and sometimes it's, it's I have fear, and sometimes I have anxiety, and it's like, whoa, here's a bunch of stodgy old business people, you know, in this audience, and I bring it up. And, and some people are like, you know, I totally don't believe what you're saying, and, and I got to be okay with that, because, you know, to be a risk taker, to be a leader in this world, part of that is I have to be okay with it not being for everybody. Um, but then there's other people that are like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're bringing this into the business world because uh, I'm blown away by how many people that I, you know, at first glance, you know, and it's my judgment. And I'm like, man, they're not going to get this. But then they're like, oh my God, I totally believe this, but I've never had a context or form to bring this out. And so it's it's, um, it's it's just inspiring to me to see how many people are on board with this.
1: Absolutely. Like you mentioned, many people are fascinated by it. Many people truly believe it. But it seems like they want somebody who- from the business world who's gone through that experience gone through that transformation and now is able to speak about soul-centered leadership from the business perspective as well so and 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 i completely agree with you you know you can't make everyone happy right there are some people who you can make happy and some people for whom it's just not time yet so wonderful response now speaking about the companies that you started you started three successful companies by the age of 35 which is no ordinary fate what were some factors that helped you get there
0: oh uh, you know the um there's a whole bunch of factors um i always knew i wanted to be an entrepreneur but you know it's even though i, I and i didn't start the first one till i was 33 so i don't busy two years <laughs> starting three companies they're all in the software space um and you know create creation is scary i mean It is. And and that's a funny thing is AJ leadership is scary. Um, I say if anybody is, is moving into a leadership position and they're not scared, they're either stupid lying or a psychopath Mm -hmm. because, um, because, you know, by definition of leadership, it's like we have a certain, at one point in our life, we have a certain set of responsibilities and then we have a certain set of duties and then by definition, we either get promoted or we start something new, whether it's like yeah. you, a podcast, a business, a book, blah, blah, blah. So then all of a sudden we have much more responsibility and then new duties, which and normally you don't get any training or support. And then it's like people are watching us with a microscope to see how we do every little thing. And dude, that's scary. Oh my God. Yeah. When I started my software companies, I got promoted. It's like, man, I don't really know what I'm doing. And and what's really interesting, it blows me away. I, I, when, I when I get to know a leader really, really on an intimate trusting level. Every really successful leader told me that on, on some level they think they're a fraud. And mm. I'm talking about people that have running billion, two billion dollar a year companies. Um, because what happens is we we just we keep put pushing ourselves to, to places that we haven't been before and we right. don't have that support. And we and there's so much pressure and it creates you get more and more pressure that we build up this identity and this thing. And and, and so we feel like we're so Worried that it's going to unravel on our, our friends, our peers, our co-workers. and mostly, it's so interesting is people's family. They're so worried about what their family would think if they if they would ever fail.
1: Mm-hmm. So I love what you said. You said leadership is scary, and then you cl- uh, mentioned that people have this feeling within themselves that they are a fraud, which I think a lot of our listeners do as well. Many people. Uh, might be business owners, some of them are moms as well who are managing their family, managing their kids, as well as trying to find their life's purpose. Many are students who are embarking on new careers, and many have been recently retired and now they're turning a new page. And the the common theme is that everyone's trying something new and are and is pushing beyond their comfort zone. So what does a person do when he or she feels like a fraud, maybe in the morning?
0: Well, you know, there's there's a lot of things. I, I love talking about this because um the first thing and, and what was really important to me is once I learned that I wasn't the only one, right. it's like I got so much pre because I thought I was the only one. Oh my god, I'm like, oh man, other people are like this. I it's, it took such a burden off me because I thought I was broken or I was screwed up, but dude, we're all like this. We're all, if that's broken, we're all broken. But you know, yeah. actually we're all human. And just knowing that was, was awesome. And, um, and to be okay with it, you know, I, I want to be a risk taker in life. And with risk taker, two things come. One is fear and the other is failure. Um, and you know, I never, ever said out to fail on anything, but I realized that I really want to, to be that type of person that really does great things in this world, and I, I realize that to do great things, I'm going to have to do a lot of things that I've never done before, and some of them aren't going to go, go, go the way I, I planned that I'm attached to. Um, so I really work on my own resilience, as you might call it, and to when when I look stupid, I you know quote unquote fail. Um, to really actually to be okay. I really work on my own self-worth to really not tie my self-worth to that success or that failure, which has been a game changer for
1: me. So Action Tribe, you are not alone. Remember that everyone who is taking action, taking a risk might feel that level of being a fraud because you're in unfamiliar territory. And sometimes what you do might not go as planned. So make sure that you have a really strong sense of self-worth because that will help you go the way way. Now, Michael, as your story goes, by the age of 35, you founded three uh, software companies. You played semi-professional basketball. Is that correct? Yeah, it's hard to tell, but I'm, I'm about six, eight. <laughs> Got it. And you partied at the Playboy Mansion, but you still weren't happy. So I know you've alluded to some of this uh, in our, earlier in our interview, but what really was missing?
0: Oh, well, the, the relationship with myself, because I never worked on the relationship with myself. And I I was I was so externally focused on money, on power, on sex, on drugs, on partying, on blah blah blah, that I really never took the time. Well, and I don't judge it, you know. And that's one of the things I sometimes think back. It's like, oh, what if I did this different? What if I did that different? But you know, yeah. I, I never had the framework. I never had the education. Nobody ever sat down and said, "Hey, why don't you just pretty, try being quiet for five minutes um, and see what comes up?" And and that time I had such ADD, and I was doing all this crazy stuff that I'm sure when I was silent that the voices weren't kind. Um, yeah. So, uh, but you know, and it, it took, you know, it really took years for me to, I mean, it took a year before I was really felt like I started moving Well, uh, before I bought into all this stuff. Cause in the first couple of months in, in, in things of school, I was really resisting it, but thank God I stayed in it. Um, but, you know, and there's not, you know, it, we live in this world of hacks, like here's a life hack and here's this hack and hacks are okay. But, you know, real yeah. transformation comes through time and practice and repetition and mastery. There's no shortcut to conscious evolution. I mean, there are practices that may get you there quicker, but there's no one thing that I'm going to tell you or AJ is going to tell you listeners that is going to really make you turn the corner right away. Um, this type of transformation is a, is a journey. And that's why, you know, for example, AJ has the, 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 the accountability community group and 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 other
1: people are having that stuff. So I I love what you're doing, AJ. Thank you so much. Really inspired by people like yourself who have spent so many years going through those struggles, (laughs) going through those challenges, just so that someone who's listening to the show might not have to do so. You mentioned that the challenge that you had initially was the relationship with yourself, you were focused on the outside. And you were, it seems trying to escape the voices and the thoughts and the chatter that would come if you tried to be in silence for a while. Now, Michael, at some point, based on what I've read, you encountered drugs, you had an alcohol uh, challenge, you had gone through a divorce, and that brought you to a really low point in your life. Could you talk to us about that phase of your life?
0: <laughs> yeah. So on April 1st, 2008, it was a real turning point for me. Um, mm-hmm. I was going through a divorce, which was hard enough as it is. And like a lot of, uh, uh business, especially entrepreneurs, I poured all my effort into business. Um, yeah. and I had a business partner and he was what we call a minority owner. So I, I own more, I own more than 50%. Um, really? and we, though we were having a disagreement about ownership percentage, we can, which can be a real, um, big issue when it comes to two people that, that have equity in a business. Um, and he has substance abuse issues too. Um, and uh, But on April 1st, 2008, we had a disagreement. And in the middle of our office, 10 a.m., I remember, even remember the time, not just the, the date. But um, he got really angry, so angry he started yelling at me. And then he he uh, went, by, he got so angry he started yelling at me. And then he hit me. He assaulted me. So, um at April 1st, 2008, at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, I got assaulted in my own office by my business partner, um, which was – I can't tell you how just – I don't even know how to describe it. People ask me, were you – and he just – he he hit me. He realized what he did. He left my office. Um, it's not that it hurt, but it just – people ask me, what did I experience? And it's like – it was like just like shock. I'm like, did that really just happen? Did I really just get hit by this dude that I've known for years? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just like – it just my my i think my brain was just trying to figure out uh, uh i don't know i don't even know if that makes sense but it's just even now when i think about it it's just like so weird um but you know and obviously i had i and i couldn't really think straight so i called some of my my peers my friends and i'm like hey this just happened and they're like dude you got if this happened once this is going to happen again you can't just let this go yeah so I filed a restraining order against him. I filed a lawsuit to dissolve the partnership i you know all that you know right afterwards and um and that night, you know it was uh I was reflecting on you know what happened and I was you know to be honest, I was gonna do some coke, smoke some weed, and drink some whiskey, which at that time in life that's how i normally dealt with problems um but uh you know I was just really reflecting on my life, and it's like, look my my home life sucks I'm going through a divorce. Now, this thing happens. I mean, the guy was like my operations COO, chief operations mm-hmm. officer. I'm like, you know, I, I got to tell all the employees that he's not here. And, and we have a lawsuit against him now. The clients are going to ask where he's at. I'm like, am I even going to have my company in in a year? Um, I was just like, am I going to – am I a failure? It's, it was – I was really like down on myself. And I'm like, and even, even before all this crap happened, I'm like, I wasn't happy. I'm like, where's my life going? I just, I don't understand because I'm working hard. I'm, I'm doing what I set out to do. And then I realized, you know, I have the wrong, I'm asking the wrong questions. I'm having the wrong goals. You know, I'm yeah. trying to make this money. I'm trying to marry this woman. I'm trying to have this power in order to be happy, in order to be fulfilled. And I said, well, why don't I skip all that other stuff? And why don't I just ask myself, how do I get fulfilled? <laughs> Cause my intermediary step <laughs> isn't working. <laughs> Um, and then I told myself, look, I'm going to set my, uh, since I'm a good achiever, I'm going to set my goal on to becoming happy and becoming achieve, uh, fulfilled. And so that's where I found the University of Santa Monica, where I did take this program. And, and this program isn't the only way to do it, but it was. A, it's a really intensive program. It was right for me at the right time. And. And like I talked earlier about the relationship with ourselves, what we really only do, is, and, and it's very experiential. So we learn psychology, but we really learn to practice using it on ourselves. And in a way, what they teach us and what I really teach people is to really work on the relationship with ourself. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a, a phenomenon in psychology called a projection. Um, are you familiar with that, AJ? I am
1: not familiar with that. Uh... So what that
0: means is the relationship with ourselves mirrors every other relationship Put in our lives So when we really come into a more loving Compassionate relationship with ourselves uh, You know we build up our self worth Our self esteem and that affects every other because every other relationship in our life is mirrored by the relationship with ourselves. So when we come into a better place with ourselves, a relationship with our, our friends, our family, our coworkers, our career, our health, money, that's all transformed. Um, so we really only have to work on a relationship with ourself, which is the core issue of everything. It's a little easier said than done, but the, but, the, but that's really what I help people do. When we talk about a soul center leadership it, it and this is a. Uh, it, it is it is leading from the inside out. We really show up as the most powerful person we can taking complete ownership of ourselves at what we're going through. We 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 really are in touch with our intuition, with our connection with our higher power. And that really helps us, that really it I say it unlocks our greatest leader. And mm-hmm. when we can show up with that kind of power, with that kind of confidence, the confidence that that we are worthy, that that, that it's not confidence that we're always going to win. It's confidence that, hey, if I make a wrong decision, that's okay. I'm still a leader. I'm gonna pull ourselves out of it. So I have confidence to move forward because I know whatever comes up, I can handle. And and to me, that to me, it's a really beautiful, beautiful thing and a beautiful way to get people there.
1: So what you just said reminded me of an old African uh, saying, which states, if we don't have any enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. So that's beautiful. I like that. I might might have to to carry that one on. (laughs) Absolutely. I heard it first said by Les Brown. And as soon as he said, it just made sense. And the way you've wonderfully and so eloquently put that it uh, automatically brought that saying to my mind so I completely agree it's all about the relationship that we have with ourselves, and once we're able to love ourselves and be more compassionate and understanding with ourselves even in times of challenges and failure then that reflects on our relationships and people automatically can see it through our body language with them and our interactions and communications and I'm sure things get Much better. Now, my question is, what really got you interested in spiritual psychology? Was it an interaction or a passing thought or did you get inspired by someone who you knew?
0: Well, I joined a group called Entrepreneurs' Organization. So it's a peer-based group of of business owners. Um, And a couple of them had just this really loving, warm aura about them. You know, just Mm. when I was around them, I'd feel more calm. They'd be very mindful. And uh, basically, I'm like, look, I want what they got, <laughs> and, um, and I made friends with them. And the the ones still in my one of my best friends, Ron Harrell, and they went through this uh, that the same master's program, and um, and so I pretty much just signed up. You know, I'm like, look, that you know, and I knew that's I knew I didn't do any personal development yet in my life, so. I yeah. just it, it presented itself. I had some faith and trust, and I, I moved forward with it. Wonderful.
1: So it seems like you found yourself a tribe. You found yourself a community. And like they say, you are the sum average of the people that you hang out with. You found a group of people who you sort of resonated with in terms of their aura, the way they spoke, their uh, the way that they use mindfulness in their interactions, and, and, and the way they thought, and you asked them, how do I get to learn or how do I be a part of the experience that you've gone through? So that's really amazing. My question is, uh, what is your definition of a conscious, awakened leader? Whew, my definition of a conscious, awakened
0: leader. Um, I don't know if I have a short one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but to me, you know, the, the conscious and awakened, what that really means is that we are, uh, con- to me, and, and again, people's definitions may vary. To me, a conscious, awakened person is somebody that, that accepts the belief, that buys into the fact that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So, you know, I have a soul, this, this soul, it's going it, to, it existed before I was born as a human. It, it's going to exist after I die. What happened then? I don't even know. You know, there's different theories there's some things I like to fool around with, you know, as, as beliefs. I don't really know what happens when I die. I don't know if I get reincarnated. I do whatever. It doesn't really matter to me because it's not relevant to me now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do, I do really truly believe that I'm on earth. And to me, this is what conscious and awakening means. I'm on earth to, to learn soul lessons. So my higher power, I don't even, and to me, my higher power, I don't have a definition for it because I don't think higher powers can be defined. So um, mine, I can't put mine into words. It's more like a feeling. Um, My higher power really doesn't care how much money I make in this world. They really don't care what kind of car I drive. They but but why why I am here is to learn soul lessons. And when I mean soul lessons, my 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 soul has some things that it needs to evolve. And if I don't evolve in this lifetime, I'm gonna evolve it in some other lifetime in this dimension or some other dimension, I don't know. And um and I just know that as I learn these soul lessons, and they're all about like self compassion, self-love, self-worth, about Accepting other people, there are all these internal lessons, and the more I learn about these AJ, the more I feel better, the more I feel connected to myself, to to other people, to the world, to my higher power, to the universe. So, um, to me, you know, and and it's in a way, it's self-serving because I enjoy life more. But it's funny, I enjoy life more by giving back. We call it by being of service. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're probably not making a billion dollars a year with this podcast, but I bet, AJ, you get tons of fulfillment like reading when you read the first uh, testimonial review. I, mm-hmm. I, I bet sort of, I'm i guessing that's what drives you more than, than the money or the fame or whatever anything else. Oh,
1: totally. For me, it's all about the connections that I have with amazing people like you, as well as the uh, connections I'm able to make with the people who listen to the conversations that we have. In fact, just yesterday, last evening, I put up my bookshelf and I've always had this dream and this vision of having a, a little mini library at a corner of my home so I can get access to those books whenever i'm having coffee or tea which otherwise was sort of stuck up in my closet right so i put up my uh, bookshelf and on on the top rack i have books of people who i'm actually interviewed and spoken to on the show and that experience was such a wonderful experience because it sort of uh, you know made me think you know how amazing this year has been 2016 as we are ending this year sort of made me have this moment of gratefulness that for me as you've suggested it's really not about uh, the money or, or 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 the monetary aspects and while it's important to you know exist right money helps us exist and it's a wonderful energy to have at the end of the day it's so all about the connection that I'm able to make with people who I would not have met in the first place if it wasn't for the power of the internet and the power of this podcast. So I'm really gra- grateful each and every day that I get an opportunity to speak to wonderful people like yourself.
0: Yeah, and just, just one thing on that, AJ. And I because I work a lot of self limiting beliefs, some people think that they can't be doing something that they love and make a lot of money at it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's great to do both. I, I have no problem with making a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. I think, and I, I talked to some people, they're like, oh, I really love doing, you know, this healing work or I really want to, do, yeah. but I can't charge for it. I'm like, well, why not? I mean, well, I can't charge a lot for it. Well, you know, you're changing this person's life. Why not charge a lot? Well, that's not, yeah, but the person has a lot of money, charge them a lot of money. I mean, we sometimes, our, our ego or our, our, our lack of self-worth says, oh, nobody would pay for this or they won't pay a lot of money for it. Yeah. Yeah, if it's worth a lot of money to somebody with a lot of money, then charge a lot of money. That's not, that that in a way is more you owning your power that that's in a way an unconscious activity by you not charging what you're worth or not asking for money or not playing that bigger game. Um, That's actually an ego-based reaction as well. Wow,
1: that is really some wonderful advice. Now, Michael, like I've mentioned, not all of our listeners are business owners, but many are aspiring students. Many have uh, families that they're currently managing. Uh, Many are housewives. Many have relationships that they're trying to manage and trying to find their purpose. And many of our listeners are recently retired who are trying to turn a new page in their life and find a passion uh, and, and, and really experience Some of that uh, fulfillment. What advice do you have for a person who wants to become a better leader and connect with their higher self?
0: Well, I say do stuff and do a lot of stuff and do different stuff and do stuff that makes you scared (laughs) and do stuff that doesn't make you scared. You know, the. the one thing I you know it's funny because um, a friend of mine came we were talking and she's like you know people that people that are arrogant really bug me and I was thinking you know I said you know people that are arrogant that are arrogant are, are not my favorite thing in the world but what bugs me more is when people don't move forward in their lives or they, or they have a power they have they have for example a skill or a talent yeah and, and they don't own it for example, AJ, I'm a good speaker. You know, I'm a good speaker because I practice speaking thousands of hours. You know, yep. I'm okay with saying I'm a good speaker, and I, I, I—that's the truth. It's like Michael Jordan's a great basketball player. I mean, it's okay for him to say, you know, what? I'm pretty good at basketball. Yeah, um, and I just see so many people whether they're great at pianos, they're awesome writers, they're awesome, you know, whatever. They're uh, they're just awesome with people, and they're like, and you ask them, hey, are you good at piano? Eh. I'm not that good.
1: Or, you know, or <laughs> that's they, true.
0: they do a great job and, and you know they do an amazing job and you say, hey, that that was awesome. Great job. And they're like, it oh, was nothing. No, it wasn't nothing. It was awesome. Just yeah. say thank you. And and again, that's that's really what I help people work on. It's okay to be powerful in this world. And a lot of us through parenting, through society, we're not there's a lot of little forces that we can't see that are sort of holding us down. It's not okay to be great. It's not okay to say you're good at something. And again, there, you know there's a way to be humble and own your power, uh, which is not arrogance it's okay to be to say you know what'm I'm, I'm a good author, I'm a good podcaster, I'm a great mother uh, yeah. and, and and being a great mother doesn't mean you're a perfect mother. that doesn't mean you never ever make snap at your kids. That doesn't mean you never ever give them sugar. That doesn't mean you never ever do things like that. you know sure. you're a human mother, but you're a great mother which also means you're an imperfect mother. So um, it's just really to, and again, we get back to this self-compassion relationship with ourself to be okay with being human, to honoring our humanness.
1: Beautiful. So thanks a lot for sharing those inspiring stories. For someone who wants to take action right away, what is that one action step that you'd recommend for our listeners today? Are
0: you talking about action step uh, as far as getting more in touch with me?
1: Uh, Action step in terms of now that we've listened to the stories and insights that you've shared What do they do uh, next in their life to get closer to, you know, whatever they're looking for?
0: Oh, I got you. Just a a general. So the one thing that I really like doing is if if you want to try something new and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know where to start. I don't know what, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to fail, which I still get caught in this. You know, I, I still get this sometimes. A really great quick tactic is to call it an experiment. Um, Mm. Because, AJ, what's the only way to fail an experiment? What is
1: the only way to fail an experiment? Yes. Um. I th- I think experiments uh do have a lot of failure, and the way to learn from an exper, exper- from failure is-, is to actually fail and-, and take down notes and then try things again.
0: Well, so. <laughs> yeah. Let me put a different frame around it. So to me, the only way to fail an experiment is not to try it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's no <laughs> that the whole thing of an experiment is there's no winning. <laughs> you know. I mean? Yeah. That's so true. It's like you know maybe I maybe I want to start working out, and I don't know whether I should do yoga or run or lift. With weights and and sometimes like for me and a lot of people, we get caught into this. Oh my God! And and when we think so much about like what are we supposed to do, it's like two weeks go by we don't do anything. Well, if we talk call an experiment, you know what? I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to go lift weights one time. I'm going go to go yoga one time. I'm going to go jogging one time, and they're all experiments. Um, and I'm doing an experiment to find out what I like doing. All of a sudden, it takes all the pressure off of being quote unquote right. And it's really a, gr- a great, quick, fun, easy way. You know, maybe you're even starting a new career. Hey, this first job. Is going to be an experiment. Maybe I'm not going to like it. We get so caught up in our expectation, our attachments of what if I don't like it? Yeah, what if you don't like it? Quit. Then call it an experiment. You didn't fail at the job. You just didn't. It wasn't the right fit for you. Maybe even get fired. That doesn't mean you're a, a, a bad person. That means you're in the wrong position. So just do stuff and call it an experiment
1: and then do more stuff. Awesome. I'm already loving the things that we're learning today. It's so, so profound as well as so easy to implement. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today, visit my forward slash 186. That's my 7 forward slash 186. Don't fear failure. Not failure, but low aim is the crime. In great attempts, it is glorious even to fail. This is an amazing quote by Bruce Lee. Action Tribe, as we're learning today, taking action is not an easy task because with every step you take, you are treading into unfamiliar territory. And when things get unfamiliar, when you are pushing beyond your comfort zone every single day, you are bound to get things wrong, get tired or get demotivated. Experiment. Don't ever give up because failure is not really a bad thing. The very fact that you're listening to this episode right now means that you are a person who has big goals and a glorious vision. So make sure you experiment. And like Bruce Lee mentioned, it is glorious even to fail. So Michael, talk to us about a time when you personally experienced a major life challenge. How did you enter that situation? And then what steps did you take to overcome it?
0: Oh, well, I got a bunch of failures. I talked about a big one with with my business partner. But, um, you know, there's, I mean, I do risk a lot. For example, um, Oh geez, I'm trying to think of one that I can tell in a short story, but um, yeah, you know, I was president of this non nonprofit, and um, we it was our first year, and we was this one big event, and then it was getting to be summertime, and we wanted to do the, this other kind of event, and um, and I said, well, let's just, and people were like, well, I, we don't think people are going to come, and um, I'm like, yeah, I don't know either, so why don't we just send out a bunch of invites and see if people aren't, are are going to come or not, and. Uh, and and we, we I said look I literally because the thing about doing an experiment I called it hey let's do an experiment when you do an experiment the best thing to do is like you want to taste something as an experiment you want to break it down into the smallest bite you can so you know you don't want to go and experiment for a year when you can experiment for a day and get the same result whether you like for example you like it or not and I said for this for this event, you know, instead of like booking the hall and, and, you know, getting the speakers and and doing all this, doing all this, this effort, why don't we just send out invites and then by a certain date, if we don't get many signups, then we won't go with the event. And they're like, can we do that? I'm like, yeah, we'll just cancel the event, you know? And so we sent out these invites and I think we need need like 15 people at least minimum, two people signed up before our, our date. And so we just called these two people and refunded their money. And we said, hey, the, um, yeah, we're, you know, we're not going to run the event just because uh, you know, summer's coming. We didn't get a lot of signups. And, and it's funny because the people on the board were like, wow, that was actually a lot easier than we thought. Now we, now we know more about our target market and you know, we got gained gain information out of it. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not going in there to not run the event, but you know, I, don't know our, I didn't know our target market. I didn't know a lot of information about it. So I'm like, let's just do something. Because we, we had a couple of meetings where we just talked about stuff. I'm like, look, I'm tired of talking. Um, I'm a bit uh, impatient and I I have (laughs) one of my old bosses said you never make any money in meetings so um, I'm like look I'm tired of meeting let's do something to provide some value and again if it doesn't work it, we, then we learned, and so we took it as an experiment, and, and you know it didn't work. And I'm like it, it, it and people are like, and the one board member said, Does, "Doesn't that like get to you?" I'm like, "No, I'm cool. I'm still, I'm still good." <laughs> so I don't know if that made sense, AJ. It's, it's not my best storytelling story, but um it, it, it is a failure that, um and that's how I. That, those are the tools that I, I use. Those same tools to 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 mitigate my my potential getting down on myself.
1: Well, I think that's an amazing story. Uh, for our listeners, in just one sentence, what is that one major life lesson that you'd like to share with our listeners from this story? Don't take yourself so darn seriously,
0: man. It's like there, there's so many things going on in life and we just, sometimes I, a lot of us, get so caught up in the little stupid stuff. And um, for me, when I put things in the context that just, um, that just uh, you know, me not running an event, me even getting hit by my by business partner and have to get in a lawsuit, you know, life's still yep. going to go on. World's still going to turn. I'm still going to be a, a worthy, lovable person at the end of the day. And that, that's what my higher power gives me is mm-hmm. that faith that I'm still I'm still love, I'm still worthy. It's not based on what I do or don't do.
1: It's it's inherent. Wonderful. So Action Tribe, I hope you are taking notes because today we're getting advice straight from a business owner, a successful CEO who's been there, done that, and we're getting advice from him about how to take action and how to validate your market and how to ensure that your resources are put in the right bucket. So you shared that you were a president of a non-profit and at one point people were unsure if they would get attendees for an event, right? They were unsure if they're going to, they would have to put in the resources and then what if it fails? What if no one turns up? But you decided to take action anyway with a unique Idea. Instead of putting all the effort upfront, you thought of validating the idea beforehand by sending in invites and then figuring out whether people are really interested in such an event or not. And then based on that, deciding to put in the resources, which is time, effort and money. At the end of that event, you realize that uh, people weren't really interested in that particular event. But the good thing was that you did not waste money as well as you learned so much about your target market. The board was happy and they were happy because you brought into this board a new way of thinking which they had not come across before. So I think this is a really, really amazing life lesson for all of us. And I'm sure many of our entrepreneurial listeners who are thinking of starting a new business get some ideas about Uh, how to use their time and money effectively. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) It's fun. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) So Action Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's session and have taken down some notes. Always remember that at the foundation of our movement is action. That's why we call ourselves the Action Tribe. We have so many amazing guests, authors, coaches, and experts on our show sharing their stories and sharing their strategies. But in order to see the results, you'll need to try them out for yourself. You don't have to start big. In fact, if you try doing everything at once, you'll feel overwhelmed. Instead, try out ideas and strategies one by one and maintain a journal so that you can track down your results. You might notice, in fact, you might not notice the impact of these small changes immediately, but over a period of time, you will feel the change. Because as the great Bruce Lee once said, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. So Michael, As on today, what is your life purpose? Oh,
0: my life purpose. Well, I only have two goals in life, and that is to deepen into my spiritual practice and experience surrender to a greater level. Um, So, And surrender, what that just means is surrender to my my higher power. Um, My sort of work purpose is to raise the consciousness of the world by elevating leaders Um, because, you know, I do... I think what's unique about me is I have done it. I have had success in business, and I also have, yeah. for example, the academic background and the spiritual background. So I really realize that my tribe are are business leaders, um, and that is who I interact best with. So that's why I chose that. And I I'm never more alive than like when I'm here with you, AJ, or speaking to a bunch of people, or you know, teaching or training or, or writing. Um, I just. Really love my, I love
1: getting my my message out. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. And you've shared some really fascinating stories with us today, really inspiring stories. Was there ever a defining moment that really... Changed your life? Maybe an interaction, maybe a phrase that you read in a book, maybe just a passing thought, a defining moment that changed your life.
0: Yeah, well, my business partner hit me. <laughs> that was a defining <laughs> moment because that set a whole bunch of other things into
1: into, in, into movement. Yes, absolutely. So, action drive. Learn to use. Don't get hit by your partner. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get hit by a partner, and make sure that you make meaning and you make the right meaning out of the day-to-day situations that you face. And with that, we've arrived at the very last round for today, the wisdom round. The purpose of this rapid-fire round is to take notes and to take action. So Michael, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you?
0: One of my spiritual teachers says, and this too shall pass. And that just reminds me that, you know, like the, the Buddhists say about impermanence, no matter what 's going on, good or bad it 's not going to last forever so whether it 's fear, pain, even love or joy even like a feeling of happiness it its it this too shall pass name a personal habit that
1: keeps you going
0: meditation you know when i started when I started my quote unquote spiritual path yeah um, I like I said, I didn't have any background in this and a lot of people at school did and I and I asked the first, I asked one person, Hey, if I want to sort of accelerate my spiritual learning, what should I do? They said meditate. Like, well I didn't want to meditate because I knew it took a lot of time and it was silent. So I asked somebody else, <laughs> they said meditate. Like the five people in a row said meditate. And I'm like, All right, I'll meditate. And there's there's no there's no substitution to me for silent meditation. And if you're not spending a couple minutes silently meditating per day, you're never truly gonna have an awareness and the mindfulness that you really need to be consciously evolved. Beautiful.
1: So Michael, do you have a morning routine? I do.
0: I do. I um I and it changes based on what I'm working on, but I do meditate and then I do sit down with a pen and a paper and I I scan my life. Like right now what I'm doing is I'm scanning my life and I see where I'm not surrendering. So where I'm trying to keep control of, um, I look to see what signs the universe is giving me. So if I'm experiencing upset or resistance somewhere, what is my soul lesson around that? Um, I, and I, I have a couple steps to that, but basically every morning after meditation, I see how I can greater live, um, in a state of surrender and flow with my higher power, um, which really grounds it into my everyday life. Oh, and then what I do, AJ is like, there's one thing I want to remember that day I'll set a reminder um, to like, and I'll pick a random time or a time I know I'll need that, and then like my timer will like tell me like if at two fifty, if at two thirty I'm going to go into an intense meeting, I, I set it for like two fifty five. Hey Siri, two fifty five, tell me to remember to love myself. And so like mm. right when I'm getting ready for the meeting, my thing will, will ring, and then I'll be like, oh, you know, it'll, it'll like sort of bring me back to that time. So that's my morning practice.
1: So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today.
0: Uh, I, I love Carolyn mace m-y-s-s carolyn mace uh m-y-s-s and i love she's got one called sacred contracts um to me is uh She's, I love anything by her, but Sacred Contracts to me is, is, is profound.
1: So Action Tribe, I know how much you love our book recommendations. And I know that many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on the show. And that's why Audible.com is offering Action Tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can go out and check their amazing service. Now, Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, or Kindle, including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anadia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Yogananda and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash msc. That's a-u-d-i-b-l-e-t-r-i-a-l.com forward slash m-s-c for your free Audiobook. So Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really an amazing experience. Uh, before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and tell us the best way our listeners can find you.
0: Well, like you mentioned at the beginning, this is Christmas Eve day and I'm grateful for my five nieces and nephews and wow. who we're about to go out and cook some dinner together and they're like three, five, seven, nine, eleven, 11 or something. They're spread out. You only spread and, and um, I'm just so grateful to be here with them. And so how you can reach me, it's it's my, my new book, Soul Centered Leadership, is coming out right about the time you're listening to this. And you can go to soul-centered-leadership.com. Or to be honest, just Google it. There's no other soul-centered leadership out there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's soul-centered-leadership.com, and you know it's great for for people that want, are in leadership positions and they want fulfillment. It's for people that want to do more doing in their life. They, you know, maybe you have an idea you want to be more of a leader. And like you mentioned, AJ, everybody's a leader. I mean, I have so much respect for for. You mentioned like people that stay home with their kids. That is crazy. I'd never want that job because I see what the people go through. Uh, but you are <laughs> leading your family, and that takes leadership. And I have, so I have 24 great skills that, that, that you can learn and just put in your arsenal um, to make you give back more to the world, have more fulfillment, have more confidence, and really bring out your greatest leader.
1: So the you, Action Tribe. soul-centered-leadership.com We'll have this link up in the show notes as well. We're recording this episode during Christmas, but by the time it releases, it's going to be early in January. So I hope you're having a great, impactful and powerful 2017 Michael, thank you so much for coming on our show, talking to us about soul-centered leadership and taking us one step closer to a human revolution.
0: Thank you, AJ. Keep inspiring out there. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.